Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Ladies and gents, yes, sir. We're back at it once again. All things covered. Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, another jam-packed show for you guys to enjoy. If you're fans of college football, this is the show for you. If you're a fan of seeing outstanding elite high-level quarterback play, guess what? We got the quarterback whisper, as I like to call him. Join us here, Coach Lincoln Riley, head coach of, of the USC Trojans. Coach, number one, thank you for joining us. Number two, how you doing? How you feeling? Doing great, man. It's good to be on with you guys today. Uh, appreciate you guys having me. As always, big fans of you guys, man, in your career. So uh, honored to be on here with you two today. Uh, no, we, we appreciate you giving us uh, some time. And we're both fans of college football, of course, played the game and now being vivid watchers of the game. We really appreciate what you do and, you know, just the competitive nature in which you coach with. And speaking of coaching, coach, we all have significant influences throughout our football careers. And early, an early influencer for you was the late, great coach Mike Leach, who we lost, you know, some time ago. Uh, what was one of your favorite memories with Coach Mike Leach? You know, there's a lot. Uh, some I could share on here, some that I can't. But uh, um, <laughs> Hey, Coach, this is whatever you want to share. Don't worry about it. <laughs> there we go. You can share it. <laughs> uh, no, nah, man, he, he was a huge influence for me, man. I, I think in, in a lot of ways, I mean, offensively, certainly, you know, learning kind of the throw game, you know, at that point when it was really starting to – to go from being just a, a part of college football to really kind of taking it over in, in some ways. Uh, probably the biggest thing I took from, from Mike was, and I think it's a great lesson for all of us, whether we're in coaching or anything else was, you know, one, Mike wasn't afraid to think outside the box. Um, you know, I think way too often we get, we get stuck into this. Well, we got to do it how everybody else did, or we got to follow the status quo. And uh you know, Mike was one, probably the ultimate in terms of doing things his own way, not worrying about how things were done before, and then and then not being scared to to try those new things and and do anything possible to get better. And um, he did things his way. You know, he had some really you know amazing results, especially at, at you know programs that aren't net, you know nationally uh, you know continually like powerhouse programs or maybe teams that get the the big time recruits every year. But he was able to consistently have success and in a lot of ways change the game uh so yeah it was a pretty cool pretty cool environment to come up as uh you know certainly as a young player and a young coach coach what leads to a coach like Mike Leach having such a successful coaching tree a lot of people don't know this about coach Leach but 
guys like yourself was a part of his coaching tree. Sonny Dykes, Josh Heupel, Dana Hogerson, Dave Aranda, Art Browse, Neil Brown, just to name a few. But tell us, you know, why is his coaching tree so impactful? Uh, I would say two reasons. One, he didn't care what people thought about who he hired. Right. Like you see, how often do you see that people just hire this guy so they can win the press conference? Right. Or somebody write a nice article about him saying, oh, well, you hired this guy and he's got all this experience or he's got this big name. And all of a sudden that's going to translate to success on the field. He just hired simply the guys that he thought were best for the job. And a lot of those guys you mentioned there, you know, really weren't big names. They weren't kind of major players in this business, but he knew that they were going to come in and make a difference at Texas Tech at the time. And that's and and that really ended up being a lot of our big breaks. And then and then I think the other thing was he he let other people work. Like he he gave you a job. He expected you to do it. He gave you kind of the 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 um kind of the the, the rope to go out there and work and to get and get the job done. Whereas a lot of guys sit there micromanage and don't really let coaches grow. So um yeah that was just kind of him. And I mean his tree you could argue his tree is as impressive as any you know head coach in college football in, up over the last fifty years. I mean, it's no it, it's an unbelievable you know it's such a short amount of time. And and he was a head coach for a while, but not not as long as like a Mac Brown or or Nick or some of those guys. Those guys have done it for a really long time. So for him to have that tree in such a condensed you know window uh, is pretty amazing. Yeah, and you quickly proved yourself, coach, by landing the Oklahoma. Uh, OC job at the age of 31, which caught some people off, off guard. What did you remember the most about the interview with Coach Bob Stoops? Man, Pat, it was it was one of uh it was one of the interviews I was probably most nervous for uh because it was a job I really wanted. Um uh-huh. I was at uh, I was working for Ruffin McNeil at the time at East Carolina and we'd had a great run and I loved it there and but I knew Oklahoma was a place that, that kind of fit everything that we were looking for uh, to take that next step. And to get a chance to work for somebody like Bob was was perfect because I knew I would learn a lot from him and be in the right type of program. And um, I mean, I, re- I remember the interview being very like direct and to the point. Um, you know, he was looking for a certain thing offensively um, and, you know, made that very, very clear. It was you could tell like in the interview that this was a guy that had done it at a high level. Like all the questions were right on the mark. There wasn't a lot of fluff to the interview. It was very business-like. And uh, probably the thing I remember most was after the interview, it was about a, like four or five days before I heard from him again. So I thought, hell, I'm not getting a job. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, you sitting there waiting for that phone to ring. And every time the phone rings, you know, you, your, your heart drops and, uh, It wasn't him. I was like, I'd kind of resigned myself to like, well, you know, I guess I didn't get it. And then he uh, he called me right before I was getting on a flight and told me I was going. And it was we've all had a man. It's one of those cool moments in your life where, you know, like, you know, this is a, a pretty big, cool step that I'm getting ready to take. So hey, was, it, what, was it much more of a surreal moment when he actually hand you, handed you over the keys and like, all right, Riley uh, Lincoln, now you're the head coach. How was that moment? <laughs> Yeah, d- different because like the other one was much more traditional, right? Like you went through an interview, you kind of know you. I'm either going to get it or not. That one was so kind of out of left field and and so unexpected, and it was a kind of at a unique time. It was in it was in June, um, you know. So you're getting ready to obviously start training camp and all that. So like that one happened so fast, I really didn't even have like time to 
like think about it or reflect or celebrate or anything. It was just like, bam, straight in. And, and, you know, the jump to, from East Carolina and all that was big or the jump from a position coach to coordinator is big, but there's no, there's no jump that can even compare to being a head coach for the first time. And all of a sudden, like it's, it's, it's all on you and it's every question, uh, every person in that building you're responsible for, like it, that that was such an interesting transition because of the way it happened. I, I knew it was life changing at the time, but it was it was so fast and furious, man. I was just I was just trying to keep my head above water. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, coach. And one of the things that I like about you in regards to what you do as a head coach, but just the hands on nature in which you display when you're coaching, most yeah. importantly, with the most important position, which is the quarterback position. Quarterback, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like <laughs> it, like it or not. I mean, you're like the quarterback whisper, you know what I mean? Based on the numbers that have followed everything that you've been a part of in regards to that position. But what are the biggest factors that go into developing a quarterback and how much time do you put into that? You know, that's something I haven't, I haven't given up much over the years. Um, certainly when I went from being a coordinator to head coach, there, there's things that you you have to delegate to others, right? You got to shift responsibilities around because obviously, you know, being the head coach, there's, a lot of that kind of overarching stuff that you're that you're you know obviously involved with and and leading on a day to day basis, but I, I felt like I felt like I could build a staff that would allow me to continue to do the things I want to do with the quarterbacks and with the offense because I still feel like it's a place in our program that I can add value, and that's that's all I'm trying to do is add value any way that I can and find people that, that can complement that. And so built a staff that's, that's allowed me to do it. And um, yeah, listen, I've been lucky. I mean, the first thing is I've, I've worked with a lot of great guys. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you can, you can go coach your ass off all you want, but you better have having the right guys in the room to coach is obviously the the main factor. And it's, it's been a great run of, of players that I've been lucky enough to coach. Um, I think if we've done anything right, we've got a, a system that we believe in, not just not just offensively, but just more just kind of how we train the quarterbacks, whether it's physically, whether it's mental, whether it's the approach, whether it's X's and O's, just the mentality that we want to play the position with, um, you know, and, it, and it's it's been kind of tried and true through a lot of years. We've been able to do it with with some different personalities, with different skill sets on the field and off the field. And it's it's we've been able to adapt it to those guys and make it work for each one. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a position we expect a lot of, but we've got a lot of confidence in the way we develop them and, and the guys that we've had in the room. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. And like you said, Coach, well, I'm going to go back to the three quarterback, your most, you know, 
notable quarterbacks, uh, uh, Baker, Kyler, and um, Jalen. Like you spoke about all three having different athletic ability, but all three having the opportunity to move around. And also all three of those guys have something in common. All three of those guys transferred into your program. How did those guys found great success coming from different from different uh, systems? Yeah, no, great question. You know, it was it was very different scenario, you know, with all three. Um, you know, Baker came into Oklahoma right before I got there. And um, so he sat out a year and then he was the starter all three all three years that we were together. And so he had the you know, he got the most on the field time. He got, he got, he had all three years, um, you know, and we were able to, to kind of, as we got to Oklahoma, kind of build that system in a way together uh, that, that fit him and the other personnel that we had. And, and we tried to just, we've always tried to take our system and, and tailor it to our QB um, and tailor it to, you know, what he does well. And, and that's, that's a fine line. And you guys have done it too, right? It's like, you got to have your base system, right? Your core beliefs aren't changing. Like this is who we are. Um, but then your system better also have some flexibility, especially to your most important players. Right. If it doesn't, it's only going to work when you have the perfect set of players. And as we know, that doesn't always happen. And so um, we were able to adapt it to him and we had kind of time to work through it. You know, Kyler was a different scenario because he, you know, he had to back then transfers had to sit a year. So he sat a year and then he was Baker, Baker's backup. And so he was only on the field one year, even though I had him for three. So we kind of had an idea of what he could do. And he had pretty good experience in the system once his year came up to start. And obviously he played, you know, played out of his mind. And then Jalen, totally different, right? Jalen comes in, you know, he was not even there 12 full months. Um, he's in, he had, he had had, you know, three different coordinators already at Alabama. Um, and so had been in different systems, uh, some different ter terminology and all that. Here he is learning another one. His was just like a race, man, just trying to, get him ready to play, get him to understand the system and the way we wanted it to play, wanted him to play. And that really got better as that year went on. It was, he was kind of the one leaving it that I was like, man, I wish I'd had three with him. Like I did, like I did the other two guys. And it's no surprise to me that he's, he's finally got some continuity uh, there in Philly and obviously had a, had a fabulous year and played great in the great in the Super Bowl. So yeah, it's been kind of fun to see all three of their journeys and, there's a lot of similarities, but also a lot of differences. And you guys have been around some of those guys. I mean, their personalities are also very different, but I've, I've kind of enjoyed that. Right. Yeah. How do you, how do you make it click? Right. Do you, can you build that relationship with each guy where you feel like you can really reach them and, and teach them? And, and um, it's been fun doing that with those three. Yeah. Coach Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray were both number one overall picks in the NFL draft. What about Caleb Williams can make him potentially your third QB to go the top dog in the draft based on when his career is over there in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, he's, he's uh, speaking of different paths. I mean, another guy that's had, you know, a pretty unique path. Um, you know, he comes in at, at Oklahoma and doesn't start the first half of the season. You know, we throw him in the biggest rivalry game of the year, you know, the OU Texas game right in the middle mm -hmm. of it. You know, and he yeah. was a true freshman and, you know, he leads, uh, leads our team to a comeback win there and, plays pretty well for us um had a few up and down moments uh his freshman year but plays pretty well overall the rest of that year and then he makes a decision to transfer out here with us and which was really unique because he's you know you, you've done that for only half a season um you know at that point he only started seven games in his career and, and, and keep in mind because of COVID uh he didn't get a senior year of high school and yeah. so 
wow. you know, two years, the guy's only started seven college games, no high school games. And um, so to see his kind of transformation and be able to come into a new program here and help us get it started from a culture standpoint, uh, from an offensive standpoint, from a winning standpoint, I mean, all of that, I thought was really impressive. And he's gotten so much better, you know, in a in a pretty short amount of time. So he's he's got some... I mean, his ability level is up there, you know, in terms of what the guy can do physically, uh, both athletically, throwing the ball. Uh, he's really improved his knowledge of the game. He's really improved his situational awareness, his fundamentals. Like, he's he's on a good track, and I think the key is, and you guys know this, like, once you have some success, you got to keep going. Like, there's mm-hmm. no – there's no end point to this, right? It's, you've got to be, you've got to let the success fuel you to want even more. And um, he's done that up to this point and that's what's helped him get better. If he continues to do that, then he's got a chance to certainly be just as good as any of them and and, and have a great professional career. Yeah. He definitely have a, a, an opportunity to add to that USC legacy, but coach, there's a lot of storied programs, but what feels different about, the USC tradition and legacy when you walk around the facility and the campus? You know, I would say that this place, I like people ask me all the time that haven't been here, like, you know, kind of what it's, what's it like? Cause it's USC kind of has this aura about it. Like it just, and I think the deal is, cause I, I felt it when I was just a young kid growing up in, in the Northern part of Texas of like when USC was on like Saturday night, the Coliseum, like, there was no setting like that. You got, you know, you're in the middle of LA, you got, you know, mountains in the background, you got celebrities all over the sideline. Like it's just this place. Well, I just tell everybody like, it's different. It's not your typical, you know, college, you know, small town college experience. Like it is everything about it is very unique in our game. And I think that's what, that's what in a lot of ways separates it. And you got that plus the great history and, you know, located in, in my opinion, one of the greatest cities in the world. I mean, it's uh, it's just a different vibe. It's a different atmosphere, and and but it's it's pretty cool what I've seen in the time I've been here. Like how connected the city is to this program. Like the city, the the city really cares about what's going on here, and, and you can you can tell. Um, like when we got here, and it's it's that's pretty cool because you think about all the other things to do in the city. You think about all the other professional sports, like obviously there's a lot going on, but yeah, you know, SC football holds a pretty special place in the city's heart. Like you can just, you feel it. And, and the energy, you know, last year when we kind of started to get it turned and we were making a run there at the end, like within the city and then our stadium was, was really cool. Um, I think the other thing is just obviously the history of all the greats that have done it here, man. I mean, it's just, yeah, our pride, the, the guy's, that have done it here. It's a who's who. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah. you just, you just be sitting there random days and Ronnie Lott pops by, you know, Marcus Allen pops by Anthony Munoz pops by. And you're just like, gosh, man, this is like just a little kid. And you just like, this is unbelievable. And, uh, yeah. so yeah, I just think all of that. And then I, th- I think we caught it a re- really, uh, unique time where, you know, it had a, had a couple of tough years there. Um, and you know, it still has the firepower, but just, kind of needs a little something to get it over the hump to get back. And it's been fun kind of all of us grouping together and trying to get that done here. So that's, um, uh, yeah, no setting like it, man. Nothing like it. And coach talking about some of the tough years before you got there to SC, you quickly changed the trajectory of the program. So with that quick turnaround, what do you feel 
or realistic expectations for your ball club in year two. And we, I would like to highlight a few months ago, we had coach Urban Meyer on and he believed you guys should be big time title favorites for this sure. upcoming season. So what are your expectations for you and your ball club in year two with you being the head coach out West? Yeah, man, we definitely want to build, you know, we were, we were, we were pretty close to getting in the playoff last year. Um, obviously uh, did some, did some really good things. Didn't play the way we wanted to at the end. Um, you know, so it was kind of that, kind of that bittersweet, right. You, you know, you've come a long way, but um, you're, you're that close to even taking it further. And I think my goal would be is that we take that experience and, and we grow from it and we make the improvements that I, I really feel like we can make. And um you know, you can only do so much in year one. And I think, I think we did a lot, uh, but there's still like, I, I keep telling people like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like this is, we're, we're not even good yet. You know, we, I, I think we're <laughs> going to have a chance to get good here pretty quick, which, which, you know, obviously is going to be a lot of fun. So we're, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to put any limitations on what, what we think we can accomplish. And now it's, it's kind of gone from teaching the guys kind of what winning looks like like daily, um, what it feels like, what you have to do, you know, convincing them that they can do it. Um, Cause when you've been down for a while, there's, there's a psychological impact there too, right. That you got to like a little hurdle that you got to get over. Yep. Um, I think now we know we can win. Um, I think it's a little more clear, like kind of what the um, kind of where the areas are, we need to take the jumps. And now it's just got to have a group that's laser focused on, on taking those jumps. So um yeah, I like our chances. I like our team. It's obviously early, um, but I don't want to put any limitations on what we can do. Gotcha. Hey, Coach, I think it's safe to say we might want to start the Riley coaching tree because your brother Garrett just got the OC job at uh, Clemson. Can you explain the detail of your excitement for your brother getting that call? Yeah, it probably in a lot of ways felt like when I got the call at Oklahoma. You know, it, it was uh, – you know, he was in a great place at TCU, obviously just coached in the national championship game. And and so they had a, had a fabulous year, but um, I know the chance to get out there and work for, for Dabo, um, you know, to, to kind of work obviously in that, that part of the country and with the type of talent that they can attract. I think he just felt like it was a good natural step um, for him. And yeah, I mean, that's one of the, you know, being the offensive coordinator at Clemson's one of the premier offensive coordinator jobs in the country. And um, so I know he's, I know he's really excited about it. It's he's had a much different path than than I've had. He's had a lot of moves and a lot of twists and a lot of turns. And uh, you know, he, he's gotten his opportunity here the last few years and done really well. So it's been kind of surreal for our family, man. I mean, we come from a just a little small town. There's five thousand people in our town, you know, and it's uh it's to to think that we've been lucky enough to get some of these opportunities together has been, you know, pretty cool. I mean, shoot, here we were at New York and, you know, two of our players are the number one and two guys for the Heisman, which is just, again, kind of, kind of surreal, but it's, it's made this journey, I think for personally more fun knowing that he's, you know, getting to do that as well. And uh, obviously super proud of him and be obviously SC first, but, but Clemson a close second for me. Yeah. Uh, nope. and, hey, and right now it makes sense because he's in the ACC and currently you're in the Pac-12, right? That's so right. you can afford to root for your brother right now because the likelihood of your guy, of you guys meeting up would have to happen in the playoffs. And I think you would be rooting for the opposite side if that was to happen. That's right. Last That's question right. for you, Coach, before we transition to the superlative part of our show. 
August the 2nd, 2024 is the date that is looming with the switch to the Big Ten. But there's still a whole season left to be played before then in the Pac-12. How much of the future do you have to account for now with scheduling options and recruiting and much more, knowing that this will be the final year you guys participate in the Pac-12? Yeah, you hit on it. I mean, there's there's planning certainly going on behind the scenes for for um, for travel, uh, for schedules. Uh, certainly, the recruiting has has shifted all now to to uh, to the Big Ten, just because obviously every guy that we sign from this point forward is going to be a Big Ten player only. And so, yeah, it's kind of two sides of it, right? That all the future is geared towards the Big Ten, and we'll be excited about that move. Uh, but the day-to-day work with this team and 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 the the opportunity this team has in front of them is solely focused on you know on this year and our final year in the Pac-12. And as you guys know, you can't you know you can't do this at a high level if you know with this current team you're 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 looking too much ahead. And so uh, behind the scenes, we'll get the work done and be ready and excited to go into the Big Ten. But right now, in the forefront for us is we got a pretty cool opportunity this year, and we want to make the most of it. Thank you, Coach. One question for you in regards to the superlative part, right? If you had to build your perfect quarterback based on the quarterbacks you've coached, which quarterbacks would be involved in that perfect build? And basically, this is a game of you can have the legs of Kyler Murray, you can have the heart of Jalen Hurts, you can have the (laughs) arm of Caleb Williams. If you were to build your perfect quarterback based on the notable quarterbacks you've coached and the one you're currently still coaching in Caleb Williams, how would you assemble that player? Yeah, I could I can do that pretty quickly. I would say uh Kyler's speed. Mm-hmm. Um I would say Baker's um kind of moxie and energy and just how infectious he was. Um right. and I would also say Baker's kind of memory and his recall, I would say. Mm-hmm. That's important. Um, yeah. I would Fair. say Jalen, um Jalen's consistency uh professionalism kind of his approach and then his durability um and then i would say i would probably say i would probably say caleb's natural arm talent um and uh and probably his ability to 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 make people miss and escape both in in the pocket now you you got that combination you're going to win some games no question no question hey but coach thank you for joining us here man all things covered patrick peterson brian mcfadden man best uh, of luck to you and your guys out there in los angeles man wish nothing but the best for you and anytime you want to come on and join us man you got an open door policy man thank you once again thanks guys this was fun appreciate you guys yes sir Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.